0: Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station. On today's edition of Pathway to Victory. Jesus claimed to be God, and if Jesus Christ was really who He claimed to be, not just a man, certainly not a myth, but the Messiah, if Jesus is who He said He was, that has tremendous implications. For you and me today.
1: Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. You know, few reputable historians doubt that Jesus existed. In fact, almost every major religion in the world agrees that he was a great teacher, maybe even a prophet from God. But Jesus claimed to be so much more. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress explores the answer to this pressing question, who was Jesus Christ? Now, here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress. Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. This coming Lord's
0: Day, April 9th, is known in many parts of the world as Easter Sunday. And so, in light of this occasion, I've decided to clear my teaching schedule for one week in order to give due attention to the power of the cross. You see, for the Christian, we are lost, we are hopeless without the power of the cross. So to begin our Easter celebration, I want to speak to you first about Palm Sunday. That's the triumphal day when Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem as King of the Jews. People stood in the streets and hailed Him as their Messiah. Seven days later, of course, they would crucify Him. Now, in light of this special week, I've asked my creative team to set aside two Easter messages for you. Be prepared to jot down our contact information at the close of the program so that you might take advantage of these recordings. Plus, I want to send you a beautiful olive wood cross from Israel so that you can have something tangible to remind you about the power of the cross. Now, this isn't a good luck charm or anything like that, but it's a reminder of what Christ did for us, and this is an exclusive gift from Pathway to Victory. I'll share more about this special package at the end of my message, but right now I'm eager to turn our attention to the subject at hand. You know, Jesus is admired by millions of people around the world as a great moral teacher, while millions of others believe that he's nothing more than a fictitious character from ancient literature. So today, I'm posing this question for you. Do you believe Jesus was merely a man, a myth, or was he the Messiah? Today I'd like us to consider three reasons Jesus is unique. Why Jesus is different than any other religious leader who has ever lived. First of all, I want you to consider his claims. Jesus made unique claims that no other religious leader made. There are four of them. First of all, Jesus claimed to be God. Now, all religious leaders and all philosophers claim to point people to God. But do you realize no other religious leader ever claimed to be God Himself? For example, think about Muhammad, the founder of Islam. He said, Quote, surely I am no more than a human apostle. Whether you're talking about Muhammad, Moses, Confucius, Buddha, they all said, We're nothing but sinful men. All we can do is point people to God, not Jesus. Jesus said, I am God. Jesus claimed to be God. Secondly, Jesus claimed to forgive sins. Again, no other religious leader ever claimed the ability to forgive people of their sins. For example, Buddha said, quote, in reality there are no living beings to whom the Lord Buddha can bring salvation. That's quite an admission, isn't it? Buddha said, I can't forgive sins, but Jesus said, I can. Jesus claimed to forgive sins. A third thing that made Jesus' claims unique was his claim to conquer death repeatedly jesus said to his followers that he would be killed by his enemies but on the third day he would be raised from the dead matthew 16 21 from that time jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day Furthermore, Jesus said that the signal proof to the entire world that he was who he said he was would be that empty tomb. The fact that he was raised from the dead. But here's the point I want you to see. There is no other religious leader in history who was killed, who was buried, and left an empty tomb. Not one. Confucius, Buddha, Muhammad, none of them ever died, was buried, and rose again from the dead. And here's the kicker, not one of them even claimed they were going to do that. Only Jesus claimed he could conquer death, and in fact did conquer death. And that leads to the fourth, You that's worth applauding for, isn't it? And because he conquered death, those who believe in him will as well. The fourth claim of Jesus that made him unique was this. Jesus claimed he would return to judge the world. Jesus said one day he's coming back to reward the righteous and to punish the unrighteous. You know, no other religious leader made that claim. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 25, verses 31 to 34. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Jesus claimed to be God. He claimed to be able to forgive sins. He claimed to conquer death. He claimed he was coming back to judge the world. Now, given the fact that Jesus claimed all of those things, you can't say, oh, I think he was just a good moral teacher. Jesus won't allow you to make that conclusion. That is not an intellectually honest conclusion given what Jesus claimed about himself. And that's why C.S. Lewis posed uh, his famous trilemma about Jesus. You know, a dilemma, die means two, one of two choices. Trilemma is three. Given the fact that Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, Lewis said, means you have to come to one of three conclusions. Conclusion number one, Jesus was a liar. That is, he claimed to be God when in fact he knew he wasn't God. Does anybody here today believe Jesus was a liar? Anybody with the guts to stand up and say, he is a liar, the son of God. Anybody saying that? Now if you don't believe Jesus was a liar, a second possibility is, Lewis said, he was a lunatic. That is, he claimed to be God because he thought he was God when in fact he wasn't, he was just self deluded. Now, given what you know about Jesus, his words, his teachings, is it really logical to say Jesus was a lunatic? Now, if you're not willing to say he's a liar, if you're not willing to conclude he's a lunatic, Lewis said there's only one other conclusion, and that is he is Lord. He's exactly who he claimed to be. And ladies and gentlemen, if Jesus Christ is in fact Lord, the Messiah, that means Everything he said is true. And that means you and I had better listen carefully and observe everything He says, because if He is God himself, what He says is true. And that leads to the second uniqueness of Jesus, above all other religious leaders, and that is his unique teachings. You know, James 1:17 says, "In God, there is no variation or shifting shadow, meaning God doesn't lie. Everything he has said is true and if Jesus is God, it means everything Jesus taught us is true. What did Jesus teach that is unique above all other religious leaders? Write these things down. First of all, Jesus said, Jesus taught, there are two possible eternal destinations when we die. When we die, we don't all go to the same place. Jesus said, not everybody goes to heaven. There are not, there's not just one destination. There are two possible destinations. Some will go to heaven, some will go to hell. Did you know Jesus talked more about hell than he did about heaven in the New Testament? Just add up the verses. Jesus taught there is both a heaven and a hell. Jesus said there are two possible destinations when we die. Secondly, And more disturbingly, Jesus taught that the majority of mankind will spend eternity in hell. Did you know that? Jesus said, most people are going to hell. There is not one road that leads to one destination. In Matthew 7 verses 13 and 14, Jesus said, there are two roads that have two gates that open up to two very different destinations. Listen to his words in Matthew 7, 13, and 14. Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and many are those who enter by it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and few are those who find it. There are two roads that lead to two destinations, and most people, Jesus said, are on that highway to hell, that Broadway to hell. And included on that road to hell, listen to me, are not just murderers, drug dealers, child molesters, and terrorists. Did you know there are religious people who are on the road to hell? In fact, Jesus goes on to say, many of those on the road to hell are people who think they're Christians. There are people who call me by name. Look at verses 21 to 23 of Matthew 7. Jesus continues, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. For many will say to me on that day, that is the judgment day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Wouldn't that be the worst surprise of your entire life to awaken after you die in the presence of God and to realize you are on the wrong road the entire time? Jesus said many people are going to have that surprise, not just the hardened atheist, but many professors of Christianity who will be surprised on the judgment day. And that leads to the unique teaching of Jesus that ensures you won't have that surprise. And that is Jesus offers an exclusive way to heaven. Jesus offers an exclusive way to heaven There is only one way for a person to go to heaven, and it is through faith in Jesus Christ. John 3, verses 14 to 16, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes may in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. What is that about? Moses, some serpent? some pole? What in the world is all that weird stuff about? It came from the Old Testament in Numbers chapter 21. Remember when the children of Israel were wandering around in the wilderness, they were disobedient to God. So as judgment, God sent serpents who began to bite the Israelites and they began to die, men, women, and children. They died by the scores, by the hundreds, and they pled with Moses. Moses, Do something to save us. And so Moses went to God and said, the people are dying. Can you please heal them? And this is what God said in Numbers 21. He said, Moses, I want you to make a serpent of bronze, an image, a bronze serpent, and put it on the end of a pole. And then I want you to hold that pole in the air and tell people if they will simply in faith look at that bronze serpent, the moment they look and believe, they will be healed. There's not any power in that serpent, but it will be a sign to me, God, that you're looking to me for healing. And so that was the message. Look and live. Not everybody was healed in Israel, but those who had enough faith, who believed that they had a need they could not meet on their own and that God alone could meet that need. If they would simply look once at that bronze serpent, they would be healed. They didn't have to look and keep on looking. It was a one-time look in desperation that caused them to be healed. Look and live. And of all of the illustrations God could have used of what it means to have saving faith, that's the one Jesus used. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must I, the Son of Man, be lifted up that whoever believes clings to trust in me alone will have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes, trusts in, clings to me shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to have saving faith. Consider the unique claims of Jesus, his unique teaching, and that leads finally To his unique solution. What makes Jesus different than any other religious leader? He offers a unique solution to man's deepest dilemma. You're going to be surprised that I say this, but listen carefully. Not all religions are wrong about everything. It means all religions, there's a kernel of truth somewhere in those religions. Now, it's not about the important things, but they get some things right. I mean, remember, a broken clock is right twice a day. And so some religions get some things right. For example, almost all the major world religions say that man is flawed, that we have an internal problem. Most of the religions of the world say that that problem is selfishness. And because of selfishness, we are missing out on what God or some other deity has planned for us. We're all infected with selfishness. But all the other world religions say the solution to that dilemma begins with man. The solution to man's dilemma begins with man. Uh, For example, Eastern religions like Buddhism and Hinduism say that meditation is the answer to selfishness. If you will just meditate, they don't really tell you exactly what to meditate on, but if you'll meditate, you can rid yourself of that cancer of selfishness. Judaism and Islam, as different as they are, are really alike in this way. Both Judaism and Islam say, no, meditation won't do it. You need to keep a list of rules and regulations to satisfy God, to earn your forgiveness. Now, Judaism and Islam differ. They have different gods and they have different lists of regulations, but they both say the way we get right with whoever God is, is by keeping the law. But Christianity is altogether different. Christianity, first of all, says our dilemma is much more serious than selfishness. At the root of our problem is sin. Our rebellion against our creator. And the Bible says we're all guilty of it. Romans 3.23, for all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And not only that, Romans 6.23 says that the wages, what we deserve for our sin is death, eternal death, and separation from God. Some people say, well, I can earn God's forgiveness. I know I've messed up here and there, but maybe I can earn forgiveness. Here's the problem with that. And here's the problem with Judaism and Islam. God doesn't allow selective obedience to his laws. God doesn't say, well, as long as you keep 70% of the law or 80% of it, you're okay. In Galatians 3.10, Paul was writing to those who were trying to justify themselves by keeping God's laws, and he reminded them, for as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse, for it is written in the Old Testament, cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Do you remember in high school or college, every now and then you might have one of those pass-fail courses? Did you know God grades on the pass-fail system? That's the good news. Here's the bad news. The minimum requirement to pass and go to heaven is 100% obedience to God's laws. 100%. In fact, James said it this way in James 2:10 for whoever keeps the whole law of God and yet stumbles in one point, he has been guilty of all. One little mistake, you fail. You have to be perfect. You have to keep all things written in the book. You say, Pastor, that's impossible for anyone to do. Bingo. Exactly. That's God's whole point. None of us is good enough to earn God's forgiveness. And that's why God instituted a rescue plan to save us from the punishment we all deserve for our sins. That's why 2,000 years ago, he sent his perfect son, Jesus, to live a perfect life and yet to die on a cross and suffer the hell, the separation from God, from his father, that you and I deserve to suffer. And here's the great thing that happens When you trust in Jesus to be your savior, when you believe that he paid the penalty that you deserve for your sins, two transactions take place. Jesus suffers, he suffers the penalty for our sin. And secondly, we experience the reward for his perfection. When you trust in Jesus as your savior, believing that he died for your sins, he suffers the penalty for your sin. He suffered separation from God in some inexplicable way so that you and I never have to be separated from God. But not only that, we get to experience the reward, heaven, because of his perfection. The apostle Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 5.21, for God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Christianity doesn't require that we earn God's forgiveness. In fact, Christianity doesn't even allow for it. Paul said in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Number of years ago, There was a symposium in Great Britain on the world's great religions, and one afternoon there was a breakout session, and some leading scholars were discussing what it is that makes Christianity different from all the other world religions. They were getting into a heated debate when all of a sudden C.S. Lewis, the Oxford scholar I mentioned earlier, walked into the room. He heard all of the discussion. He said, what's the rumpus about? (laughs) They said, well, we're discussing what is it that makes Christianity unique than all other world religions? He said, oh, that's easy. It's grace, grace. Every other religion in the world is spelled D-O. Do this, do this, do this, and you might have a chance at heaven. Only Christianity is spelled (laughs) D-O-N-E. It's all been done It's been done by Jesus Christ and nothing, nothing you can do can add to that. And perhaps that is what makes Jesus and Christianity different than all other religions because Jesus offered the unique solution to our greatest dilemma. It's the dilemma that Job expressed in Job 9-2 when he asked, what can a person do to be right with God? That's all that matters. What can we do to be right with God? Every other religion answers that question, work. But Jesus answers that question, grace. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. Grace sets Christianity apart from any other religion. And grace was unleashed on mankind through the power of the cross. This is the good news that we declare every day on Pathway to Victory. And when you walk alongside of us and support this ministry financially, you're becoming a channel of blessing to someone else who desperately needs the grace of God. Now, today, when you support this ministry with your generous gift, I want to send you two messages that I delivered during the Easter season. Plus, I'm prepared to send you an exclusive memento from Pathway to Victory. It's a beautiful handcrafted cross from Israel, fashioned from olive wood. I want the wooden cross, along with my two messages, to represent the power of the cross in your life. As Christians, we're careful not to worship objects. However, I'm never ashamed to be associated with the cross of Christ and all that it represents. It's the power of the cross that set you and me free. And I'm hoping that you'll get in touch with us today so that I can send you two Easter messages on CD and DVD, plus the beautiful olive wood cross. The entire package is yours when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. Today I need to reinforce the importance of your generosity to Pathway to Victory. If it's been a while since you have sent a gift, or maybe you've never done so, today's the day to step forward. I can assure you that the needs are urgent as we invest our gift in telling others about the power of the cross.
1: Now, here's David to explain how you can get in touch with us right now. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. Today, when you support the ministry of Pathway to Victory by giving a generous gift, We'll say thanks by sending you the Power of the Cross teaching set, featuring two favorite Easter messages from Dr. Robert Jeffress. Plus, you'll also receive an olive wood cross crafted in Israel to help you remember what God has done in your life through the power of the cross. Simply give us a call at 866-999-2965. That's 866-999-2965. Or visit online at ptv.org. Thank you for standing with us in our mission to pierce the darkness with the light of God's Word and for stepping out to do so in an extra special way this Easter season. If you'd prefer to send your donation by mail, write to P.O. Box 223609, 609 Dallas, Texas, 75222. That's P.O. Box 223609, 609 Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins, inviting you to join us again next time for a message called Jesus, the Passion and the Promise. That's Tuesday here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas.